This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec, the podcast that keeps you updated and educated. Tech Guide, episode 560. Hello and welcome to the show. It's great to have your company once again. My name is Stephen Fennec and I am the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, we are going to help you avoid being scammed. First up, Optus has launched a new initiative with the banks. And second, Norton has released a phishing dictionary to make it more easy to identify scams. Today also happens to be World Emoji Day, July 17. We take a look at the latest emojis and how we're using them. In the Tech Guide reviews, we take a look at the new Sennheiser Profile USB microphone, Hisense debuts its TV and appliance range by taking over a house in Sydney's eastern suburbs, and it's now easier to use your iPhone and Apple Watch on public transport, and we'll answer all of your tech questions in the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, the company that keeps you connected, and Norton, the company that keeps you protected. Well, scams seem to be something we're hearing about every day. You're probably receiving text messages or emails that are that are easily identifiable as scams. Sometimes it's not so easy, though, to identify a scam, whether it comes in the form of a text or an email. And there are lots of things we can do apart from being vigilant with these things and just really thinking them through before we react. And that's important. These scams, they require us to to act quickly, to pre- to present us with a sense of urgency to enable this scam to take place. So rather than us thinking about, oh, hang on a minute, has my account been compromised? Is my is my package need be, need redirecting? So rather than us th- taking a step back, unfortunately, a lot of people react to this news, click on the link and are desperate to try to get their account recovered or their parcel delivered or all these other scams. And before they know it, they've fallen victim. So th- that taking a step back and, and the simplest advice is don't react. It's easy to say, but if you don't react, then take a second, that could potentially be what saves you. Fortunately, there are other things out there, including this new feature, this new initiative from Optus. This is called Call Stop. Now, what Optus has done, they've partnered with the Australian Financial Crimes Exchange, that's the AFCX, and banks to launch this new service. So Call Stop is designed to protect customers from SMS scams. Now, already we're seeing the cost of these scams in the billions of dollars. That's just in Australia. So we really need to be careful that we don't become a victim ourselves. This new initiative will identify scammers and protect unsuspecting victims because they're going to sound like the call the help desk of the Commonwealth Bank or PayPal or some other institution, they're going to be very convincing. They're going to tell us, they're going to, they're going to talk to you like, oh yeah, I'm here to help you. Let me do this and do this. And they're going to direct you. And unfortunately, they're going to try to steal your money. That The objective of that call is to steal your money. So call stop 
The main focus of CallStop is the what they call the callback scams. This is where a customer receives a text or an email saying that there's an issue with their bank account or there's been an unauthorized payment being made, there has been a, 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 something's purchased on your PayPal account or Amazon account, and usually the link or the number that's there leads to this is where you are first introduced to the scammer. That's how these these scams work. So you you panic and think, oh, I've got to fix this stuff straight away. I can't have this. You click on the link or you call the number and the person that picks up is the scammer. You're thinking it's the the institution that they're imitating, but it's not. So the, the you've called the you've called the what the scammer then will say, okay, well, it involves them calling them asking for your name and, and confirming some details and they are impersonating this institution and offering and then they ask to access your account to help you and then they 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 then at that time transfer money into another account, account usually controlled by this scammer. So what CallStop's going to do, it will prevent Optus customers from calling numbers which have been previously identified as being used by these scammers. So what what you'll do, say that say you receive a text message saying, oh, there's been an unauthorized withdrawal of $10,000 in your account, call this number, and you call that number, instead of you being directed to the scammer answering your call, instead of the scammer answering, then you're going to be taken to an automated message warning you of the scam. Here's what the voice message will say. The number you have called has been reported as being used for scam activities. For more information, please visit optus.com.au forward slash call stop. So in that process, you hear that message. The number will then be blocked to prevent you from becoming a victim. It will also show you, it will demonstrate that that message was actually a scam and that there's no further action that you need to take. Now, this is uh, there the, the are call stop is is able to operate thanks to the cooperation of the Australian Financial Crimes Exchange and major Australian banks who have joined forces to help reduce the number of these financial scams which which are alarmingly common so the, the financial sector apparently has a long index of phone numbers that the banks know about. They've identified, right, that's a scam number. We know this one. They know which numbers belong to scammers, the commonly used numbers. So it's it's a case of the banks offering this knowledge to, in this case, Optus, to identify those numbers should an Optus customer call and identify one of these numbers. It identifies that and prevents that call from going through and stops them at the stops them at the pass. It says, right, no, this is a number used by scammers. You, you're not going to go ahead. That message is a fraudulent scam message. So no action needs to be taken. So I think that it's it's not this is a problem. Scams are a problem not just for one sector. The, these different. This is a great example of the, how the telcos and the banks are working together. That, that's that's the objective here. I think that if more of this happens, I've always said that the banks need to pull their weight a bit more. They need to do it because that's where the money is being stolen out of the bank accounts. There needs to be some more safeguards. There needs to be uh, schemes like this 
to help the telcos help their customers prevent them from becoming a victim. So I think this is a case of many hands make light work. We need all this cooperation between all these between all these companies, between all these banks. Even the telcos should be helping each other, which I think they do. I think that forget competition, let's look after our customers and even in the banks on the bank side, forget the competition between you guys. You earn enough money already. Let's help our customers and prevent them from becoming victims. It's not hard. I think banks and telcos will can be a lot smarter than cyber criminals. I know it's a continually evolving thing and these scams are getting a lot more sophisticated, but I, I'll say again, if, if these companies can cooperate and work together, then I think they will get ahead of the curve and help their customers from falling victims. A great initiative here. If you're an Optus customer, you can uh, you can uh, use CallStop will be working uh, no matter what account you have or mobile account you have. It, it will work. Optus says they've blocked 320 million scam calls since December 2020 and almost 80 million scam text messages as well. They're also blocking nearly 5 million scam calls and 10 million scam SMSs per month. That's how prevalent this is. And scammers, they, they, they operate, in the, it's a numbers game for them. They, they send out millions of these scam texts and scam emails. And if they get a return on just 1%, it's still a massive, massive industry for them. It's still very lucrative. Scam calls, they're also, so these, these scam calling centers, they make 10 or 20 calls at a time. And then whoever picks up, that's the call they're focusing on. They, they, if you pick up, then they, they know that's a real number. I'll give you a little bit, I'll give you a tip. If there's a number that you don't recognize that you may think is a bit of a scam call, if, if, whether it's coming in on your landline, and I, I know not many people have a landline, but I still do. And, and I've got uh, my phone as well, of course, my smartphone. Here's a tip for you. This is what I always do. If there's a number I don't recognize on my phone or on my landline, I answer the call, but I don't say anything. I don't say hello. I don't say anything. I just sit there. If it's a legit call, they're going to say, hello, Steve, are you there? If it's a scam call, it waits for you to say something and then their computer system will go, right, go. That's a real call. There's a person, go. If you say nothing, it'll think that it's not, it's not a, there's no one on the other end. It'll hang up. Uh, so that's a really good thing to do. A, a nice little safety net, a, a, a precaution. If you don't know the number, just answer it and just just don't say anything until the other person. If the other person speaks, it's a legit call. If you hear nothing and then the phone hangs up, then it's a scam call. Just something to keep in mind. But in the meantime, Optus Call Stop, another great uh, initiative here to help protect customers as well. If you want to find out more about that, you can check it out. Optus Call Stop at techguide.com.au. Keeping you updated and educated. Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. Okay, part two of our helping you become a scam victim comes from Norton. Norton, as we said, are our great sponsors and they're a leader in cyber safety. So we do listen to everything they say. They do know what they're talking about when it comes to uh, cyber safety and cyber security. They've come up, though, with a dictionary 
of fishing attacks. They call it a fictionary. Fiction, fishing, dictionary. That's a mouthful. Fictionary is a dictionary of fishing attacks. There's a link on Tech Guide you can, on my story. You can you can download the dictionary. It's it's like a uh, it's like an infographic. You can see all the different real life examples of scams and phishing attacks. So the reason that they're releasing this is it gives you something to refer to. So you can refer to the fictionary if you receive a tax refund scam or if you see there's an account suspension message, which is kind of similar to what we spoke about with the Optus stuff, the call stop. So they identify the type of scam. They give you an example of what the scam might say and so that way you can look at your message that you got or your email and say, yeah, that looks a bit like that. This must be this must be fake. So it's a it's a way for you to refer to known scams and other suspicious activity, all these things that are going on, like the and and then you're able to identify the type of scam that you may have received. If you're unsure, this dictionary can help you, gives you an educational approach to detecting a phishing attack and educates you on how scams might look if you get one via text message or via email. So knowledge is power here. The more you know, you you need to arm yourself with knowledge. Now, there's an alarming rate of the number of people becoming victims to scams. And as I said at the top, it's they want you to react. So the most common things they've outlined in this in the fictionary is there's three main ones that, that they, they've alerted. There's more than three. There's plenty in this dictionary. The first one is the account suspension alert. Now, that's similar to what we spoke about in the Optus call stop. So this is a fake message addressed to an individual that asks them to complete an account recovery within a certain time period. Otherwise, their account will be suspended. That could be your bank account, your Netflix account, any type of account, your PayPal account. Uh, an example would be we've temporarily placed your your PayPal has been suspended. To restore, follow the instructions below, which is normally a URL. Please complete the recovery within two days. Otherwise, your PayPal account will be permanently suspended. A lot of people go, oh, no, I can't do that. And they think it's real and they go through the steps and they've been scammed. The other is the delivery mishap alert. And this is a fraudulent message again faking the fact that there was an attempted delivery and the reason for this scam is to extract your personal information. So our driver attempted to deliver your shipment today. No one was home. Reschedule the delivery date here. This was hugely popular during COVID because guess what? Everyone had a package they were waiting for. We were locked down. We couldn't go to stores. Everyone was ordering stuff online. So this was a very common and very successful, and I'm, I'm sad to say, successful scam for these bludgers. They they were they they got a lot caught a lot of people out. There is another one doing the rounds now, and it is sort it is tax time, and this is a spoof message that is disguised as a maybe the ATO or a revenue or customs company to say your uh, or MyGov might say your income return of such and such could not be processed due to our insufficient information supplied. Please update immediately at, and there's a URL. So they might say your your tax return of $3,574 could not be processed because of this insufficient information. You're thinking, bloody hell, I want that money. Let's go. And, and you click on that link and guess what? 
you're providing the scammers with all the information they need, your bank account number, everything. They're going to take take it all. So that's why this fictionary, the phishing dictionary, is a great thing to have on hand so you can refer to it if you do happen to receive, not if, when you receive these scam text messages and scam emails. Really good to educate yourself, educate your family. I think it's a great idea if you've got elderly parents or grandparents, show them this as well. They might be receiving the, had already received these without you knowing. Any, any way we can help those people, these more vulnerable people who are perhaps less tech-savvy tech than ourselves, this is a great idea. Show them this. There is a link on Tech Guide where you can download the Fictionary, have it even printed out for, for maybe elderly, the elderly relatives, grandparents, parents, so they have it on hand. They can read up on the information and then familiarise themselves if they do happen to receive a similar message, they know that it's a scam. Okay, that's... The whole, the, the whole basis of a scam is to trick you. They're trying to trick you into thinking something is happening. You need to act. You're going to lose your account. You've got a tax refund we can't send you. All these things, they're trying to trick you. Remember that. It's a trick. But step back, take a breath, look at the dictionary, use your common sense, go to the source. If PayPal says they're going to shut your account down, go to PayPal if you even have a PayPal account. It's really easy to detect whether something's real. Like if I get a scam text message from the Westpac bank, I'll say, well, stuff that. I'm not even a customer, so it's a scam. But you know what? The odds are that you might also you might already be a Westpac customer and you're thinking, oh, holy hell, this might be right. Go to Westpac. Go to PayPal. Go to the bank. Go to whoever you need to. Check with the source. Don't trust this email. Don't trust the text message. That's the whole point here. Norton doing a great job with the, this fictionary, the fishing dictionary. I urge you to check it out. You can download it for yourself at techguide.com.au. Now, I am recording this podcast on Monday, July the 17th, which happens to be World Emoji Day. Now, the first question I'll, I'll probably hearing from you right now is, why the hell is July the 17th World Emoji Day? Well, I'll tell you why. Because one of the very first emojis that appeared on the iPhone was a calendar emoji, like, you know, a page out of a calendar. And guess what date was on the little calendar emoji? July 17. That is why... July 17 is World Emoji Day. Now, I don't know about you. I don't know how many emojis you use. I'm a sort of a casual emoji user. I'm not a heavy emoji user. I like to think my words can express myself as good as an emoji. But we're all different. Uh, Apple has even released new emojis. Uh, so if you want to get into that, they're going to include some new emojis with iOS 17. And you can get into iOS 17 if you want to download the iOS 17 public beta software. There is instruction. There are instructions on Tech Guide on how you can do that. We did discuss it on our two blokes talking uh, tech podcast, the features of iOS 17. If uh, you want to go back and look and listen to that uh, with Trevor Long. But if you, uh, the, what we didn't talk about though in that segment was the fact that there are new emojis. And the new emojis and memojis, I'll share with you, more the memoji stickers, there are three, Halo, Smirk, 
and peekaboo. Like the Memojis allows you to create yourself as a as a, a cartoon character or an emoji, and then it allows you then to have the put a halo above your head, look through your fingers in peekaboo or smirk, and the little the ones on the story on Tech Guide are actually me. That's my emoji. That's my idea of what I would look like as an emoji. And uh, they allow you the, – then you can create stickers and, and use them on messages, photos, documents, and much more. The uh, You can also use the new Memojis to create a contact poster. That's a new feature of iOS 17 where you can control, you can personalize how someone is going to see you when you call them. I've actually set this up. I'm running the iOS 17 beta, public beta, and – I've actually set up a photo and my name and it's all there. So uh, it, it uh, you can then control how people see you when you call. So I think this little bit of information is shared uh, with you call someone. Uh, if you call someone with an iPhone, of course, they'll they'll get the whole the whole experience. Not sure it's going to cross platforms to Android and that that you might they might see my photo or something if I do call someone with an Android phone. But uh, this is uh, yeah that can be used. These new Memoji stickers can be used in that regard. How do we use emojis? I'm sure a lot of you uh, like to tick tack them on a message, and I, I'm I'm more a private uh, personal message emoji user. I very rarely include emojis in work correspondence or emails. I profession my emails to, you know, various people in 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 the tech world. I'm dealing with people, uh, companies, and various things like that. I tend to not use emojis, but with family and friends on on WhatsApp and on messages. I do like to add the odd one, especially the my favorite is probably the crying laughing emoji. I, I do like that one just to just to uh, emphasize the point that I'm being funny. If they don't already find that funny, my if they don't find my words funny, it's a good little backup. There has been a global study by Slack and Duolingo. These are two software, two bits of software, like a office software, uh, collaboration software, I should call it. Uh, they found that 88% of people use emojis in the workplace. 45% use them daily. Now, that's not me. I wouldn't use them in a workplace, but I must be in the minority here. Australia took out the top spot when it came to using emojis in the workplace ahead of New Zealand, South Africa, Philippines, India, and the US. We're just a lot more fun, I guess, here in Australia. Emojis have been also found to improve connections, according to 93% of respondents. 86% it improves the collaborative uh, mood of the office. And 72% even reckon it will boost productivity. So it's all about lightening the mood and sort of showing you've got a sense of humor uh, and just being human, I guess. But uh, it's not for everyone. Like I said, I'm not a work emoji person. Maybe on the odd occasion on a text message from someone or maybe a work contact, I might uh, slip one in. But I'm generally uh, just – I sort of restrict them to personal correspondence, you know, with my family, with my wife, with my kids and, and friends, and et cetera, on, on messages and WhatsApp as well. But that's me. I'm sure there are other people who can have a whole conversation in emojis and it is rather educational when you do see how other people use their emojis. And also it's funny when you people use certain emojis that they don't know the meaning of. I find that rather amusing as well. And I'm referring to the eggplant emoji, which can be totally misconstrued if used the wrong way. So uh, that's the that's the only one that I would give you a heads up about. But we're all different. We all like to use emojis and we use them in different ways. It reflects our personalities. It does lighten the mood. 
And today's the day to celebrate, July 17. And there's a bit of trivia you can share with your family and friends about why today is World Emoji Day. It's because of that one of the very first emojis was the original calendar emoji on the iPhone, which already had a date on it. And it was July 17. I suspect it was July 17 because that was, I think the the first iPhone came out in 2007 around about that time. So I think maybe when emojis were first offered on an iPhone, it was around that time. I'm not sure. But the, the original calendar emoji has the July 17 date on it and hence the reason why today is World Emoji Day. You can find out more at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Netgear. They're Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. If your home demands superior Wi-Fi, treat it with a masterpiece in connectivity. Bring your Wi-Fi up to speed with Orbi Wi-Fi 6E from Netgear. Orbi Wi-Fi 6E is the first and only Wi-Fi 6 quad band whole home mesh system opening an exclusive all-new 6 gigahertz superhighway that's fine-tuned to deliver unprecedented Wi-Fi speeds and smoother streaming simultaneously across the smart homes of today and tomorrow. It's Wi-Fi perfectly engineered. Wi-Fi 6E, the fastest Wi-Fi ever. Find out more at netgear.com.au forward slash best Wi-Fi. And now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennec. Kicking off the reviews today is the Sennheiser Profile USB microphone. Now, this is a solution that is out of the box, will work. It, it connects via USB, so there's no fussing around. So if you're interested in, in creating a podcast, streaming, or other audio content, this is an ideal solution. Now, there are two versions of the Sennheiser microphone. There's the tabletop stand version, which is 239 bucks, or you can use the version I was sent to review, and that's the three-point boom arm which is $349. And that's great because you, you can mount it on the edge of your desk and position it comfortably. So uh, it's right in front of you. So you're able to uh, create your content hands-free. And the good thing about it too is that it connects to a Mac, iPad, Windows PC, Android devices, just with a simple USB-C cable. And it also has a 3.5 mil jack as well. So you can, can, you can be monitoring your audio through headphones. Uh, it is all made completely of metal as well. It's all metal construction. It also has an internal pop filter. So there's no need to put a little sock on top of it. That's already built in uh, behind the behind the metal grill of the microphone here. Uh, and it is uh, in, in the microphone itself. So I'm using the boom arm. And so the, the boom arm has a three, three points of articulation. And the microphone itself has a little hinge built in as well. So you're able to tilt it up and down so that you can uh, position it comfortably. Now, this microphone is a cardoid 
condenser capsule. So it's a, it is a cardioid condenser microphone. So it basically is designed for you to sit right in front of it and it's going to reject a lot of ambient sound. So it only picks up what's right in front of it. The, the microphone can be mounted uh, either upside down or the right way up. So depending on how you want to how you want to have the boom arm, or you might have already have another boom arm, you can actually mount it upside down or have it right way up. So it's going to sound the same. Quality is going to be the same no matter how you do it. Another great feature is the fact that all the controls are literally right in front of you. So there's the soft mute button, which has a little LED ring. So you know that when it's been activated, when you press that, there's a, it's got a green ring around it, a red ring around it. Uh, when the microphone is on and connected, you'll see a green ring around the, uh, the gain button as well. So it's, uh, it's easy to see exactly uh, all what, what's in front of you, the controls. So there's the, also the controls for the, there's the headphone, volume knob, a mix control. So you can balance the levels on both the microphone and the device you're recording to, which is very important. And uh, it, it, and as I said, simple one connection, USB-C cable, no need for power. It gets that power from the device it's connected to. So whether it's connected to your computer, your iPad, your Windows PC, your Mac, whatever you're using. Now, even if you're not a podcaster or a streamer or a gamer or anything, the you can use this microphone to improve the audio quality of your Zoom call or a Skype call, for example. So if you are wanting to improve your audio quality, then this is an easy solution for that. So when, when you connect it through the USB-C port on your device and say you're using Zoom, you look then at your audio input and output devices and you'll see Sennheiser profile in, in the list, the drop-down list, and you can choose that both as your microphone and your headphones. You want the output because you can plug the headphones into the back of the microphone and you're then able to to uh, to listen, to, to record the audio and also hear yourself through the headphones as well. So very important. Did I say microphone earlier? So you, you choose it as your headphones and also your microphone, yes. So both of those, if you're using Zoom or Skype or any other audio audio recording software, that is what you need to do. Now, I do, I do like the fact that it is pretty simple. The last thing you want to do is have to fuss around with any controls. There's no, there's no dedicated app that you have to launch with it, as, as we've seen with other microphones. This works on its own. All you need to do is connect it to your device with the USB-C, and, and you're good to go. So there's no other audio software. You don't need to fuss around about power cables and any other thing. It just works. That's what we like about it. So uh, it, it's an easy, as I said, out-of-the-box solution. Now, the microphone, if you choose the tabletop version, that comes with a 1.2-meter USB-C cable. Uh, and you also, if you uh, decide to go with the, the boom arm, you will receive with that a three meter USB-C cable. And the good thing about the boom arm, it does actually have a, a way for you to conceal the cable. There's like a little channel that runs along the right hand, right edge of the boom arm. And it does enable you to hide away the cable, which is pretty cool. As the prices, as I said, 249, 239, sorry, for the tabletop stand, 349 for the three-point boom arm and uh, 
it, it is available right now. Sennheiser, we know them from their headphones and earphones. They're a, they know a thing or two about audio quality, so it's good to see that they're offering this product for uh, for podcasters and gamers and live streamers. And as I said, you don't need to be an audio engineer to get a good result. In fact, this whole review that you've been listening to was recorded through the Sennheiser Profile USB-C microphone. So if you want to judge the quality, you can listen back to this segment and judge it for yourself. The Sennheiser Profile USB microphone is available now. $239 for the tabletop, $349 for the boom arm. If you want to read our story at Tech Guide, you can check it out, techguide.com.au. Well, Hisense have taken over, well, this was last week, they took over a home in Sydney's eastern suburbs in Malabar, as a matter of fact, right opposite Malabar Beach. I live actually not far from there in uh, an adjoining suburb in the eastern suburbs there. So it wasn't far to go for me, which was great. But Hisense, they really cleverly took over this entire house to showcase their TV and appliance lineup. So everyone thinks of Hisense and they, they think of TVs naturally, but they're not aware that Hisense actually has uh, you know dishwashers and fridges and air conditioners and various other products, even a wine fridge. And uh, they, they really decked out this house to give you a really great idea of how not only they can be used throughout the home, but the fact that they're also all connected and can be monitored and controlled from your device through their through an app as well. The high sense high sense home is what they called it. So we saw here the the also the first look at their 2023 TV lineup. Uh, we also saw their, their their tri-chroma laser TV series and also then saw their dishwasher technology, their side-by-side fridge, their wine cellar, and also saw their connected Connect Life-enabled V-series split system reverse cycle air conditioning and all controlled through the new Hisense Connect Life smart home app. So this makes it easier and simpler to control those appliances from one device while keeping also taking a look at your energy usage as well. Another big theme of the day was sustainability and Hisense have for years committed to improving sustainability and that's that, that's starting with its manufacturing, its supply chains, its product and its packaging as well. So uh, Hisense really uh, are really looking at ways to to increase their sustainability to have a less of an impact on the planet. Apparently some of their achievements include mandating suppliers to meet a minimum target of 95% of recycled content for cardboard packaging. Uh, so that that's one that's one that's resulted in an overall change, an overall average of recycled content in new packaging of seventy six point seven percent, and that already beats the twenty twenty five Australian industry target of fifty percent. So they're ahead of the curve there. Their refrigeration, laundry, and air conditioning appliances are also they are usually the largest users of energy in the house. But they've addressed this as well. So they've delivered the first, Australia's first seven star refrigerator and a highly efficient nine star heat pump dryer in its new range. So they're off the bat, right off the bat, they're saving you energy with these new products. Uh, the Connect Life enabled V series air conditioner also features a 360 degree full DC inverter that has faster cooling and heating rates, so you're saving energy costs right there as well. 
And uh, they've also been recognised with the Canstar Blue Innovation Excellence Awards in the kitchen appliances category as well. So the the whole the whole idea of the day was to point out the fact that there are TVs to watch, fridges to use, dishwashers, laundry, air conditioners, and laser TVs. And it was interesting how they did it. I think well, the first thing we looked at was the well they gave an introduction of the home and where all the appliances are. Then they they said, right, our first thing we're going to do, they had a table set up for lunch, but before lunch, they wanted us to decorate our dessert. So what they did, they pulled out these magnums and there was all these little like white chocolate and, and normal chocolate uh, sauces and, and nuts and fruit and everything. And everyone came across, there was a plate with our name on it. We came across, de- decorated the magnum to eat for dessert after lunch. And once we were finished, we were directed to put them in the freezer. So the freezer, they've got this snap freeze function so they can lower the temperature to minus 24 degrees and to to snap freeze. So so if you come home with, say, fresh meat or whatever from the supermarket, you can then snap freeze all that food in that section of the freezer. And this was an example of how they demonstrated that. Uh, We then uh, went into the laundry and they were talking about all the laundry efficiencies as well, how you can manage the settings, including auto wash and auto dosing and all that through the Connected Life app. Uh, they were talking about how they're how energy efficient. We've spoken about that already. How energy efficient their their washing machines and dryers are as well. Uh, and then we sat down to lunch, which was great. They uh, they were they served I think fish and meat and various other veggies and stuff. And then after lunch, we then were able we we brought our ta- our plates back to the to the kitchen. And then they stack the dishwasher and we're talking about the dishwasher and how it uses a lot less power. And at the end of the cycle of the dishwasher, this is a cool feature, the door of the dishwasher opens by itself. Why does it do that? It lets out all the steam. So you know how it gets, they use hot water and it's a lot of, a lot of condensation that happens in there. The door automatically pops open to signify that the, the, the load has been finished and lets all the hot air and steam out and lets everything, it, it helps a, a, for a more effective drying of the dishes and everything inside. How often have you opened your dishwasher and there's all condensation and still water on the bottom of glasses and various things? That's what that does. Uh, after we uh, were talking about that, we then moved to the lounge room, of course, and we're looking at the Hisense TV range. And I've got to say, it was the first time since January that I laid eyes on the new mini LED X TV range. I did see them in January and was absolutely stunned back then, but saw them again at the, at the house. And I've got to say, they the ULED X, so the UX models, are the models that are going to have mini LED X. So the backlighting is the best they've ever produced with tiny little mini LED lights. They said that the, uh, each LED light was half the size of a grain of rice and there are 20,000 of them uh, in the in the, there are there are hundreds of thousands of them I should say on the screen and there are they also divided the screen into more than 20,000 dimming zones so you can that really adds to the contrast and picture quality from these TVs because the idea of having a lot of the dimming zones and a lot of back tiny backlights is that you can have all this bright color right in the middle of the screen and right next to it can be per- totally black. I think this is this is probably as close one of the closest TVs I've seen to matching OLED, so organic light emitting diode produced by LG 
close to matching OLED quality in terms of blackness and contrast. Now, the reason an OLED can achieve perfect blacks is because a pixel is either on or off. It's self-powered. So the, you run a charge through it, it lights up, it's, to, it's on or off. That's why blacks are so good on OLEDs because when it's off, it's black. It's pure black. So imagine these tiny little backlights that are able to turn off as well and right next to a, 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 a maybe a backlight that's on but still give you that great black. There's no blooming that we've seen with other, with other backlights because previously the backlight of an LED TV was the size of a button. So look at the button on your shirt. That was the size of an LED, uh, LED light. So now it's a fraction of that size, way more of them on the on the screen in, in, in the high on the high sense TV, and more than twenty thousand dimming zones, so that you get better picture quality and contrast. Now the entire range of high sense TVs, by the way, are mini LED televisions, mini LED backlighting. The UX model has the mini LED X, so the flagship version of the of the backlights, which means small, way more backlights, way more zones. But then as you go back down through the range, still mini LED, there might be only 5,000 dimming zones or 1,000 dimming zones, but it is still mini LED technology. So overall, all picture qualities have improved, all contrast has improved, and Hisense, I think, uh, delivering these. The UX models are going to be appearing in stores uh, in August, I've been told. So that's just next month in a, in a week or two. And all the other models, though, are already in store. So if you're in a store looking for a new TV, check them out. The new range, the 2023 range is there, as is their home appliance range. They're already in store. They're, they're dishwashers, their washing machines and dryers, air conditioning units as well, all there. Very well executed event out at Malabar, this beautiful house over looking the water uh, it was it really showcased all the abilities and the and the benefits of all those products in a real world scenario it, it looked like someone's home it didn't it looked like it was it was it was all bought and purchased by the customer set up to work all together and very well done it was an enjoyable day and a great lunch too i've got to say compliments to the chef if you want to read more about the high sense tv and home appliance range at that amazing sydney home you can check it out at techguide.com.au Now, I know a lot of you use your iPhone to pay for your travel if you're using public transport. In breaking news, there is now express mode for Apple Pay, which is now available uh, for public transport. So if you live in New South Wales, the rail, bus, ferry and light rail networks now allow you to make more convenient and secure contactless payments on an Apple Watch and an iPhone. So users with express mode enabled, so where you find express mode, you go to settings, wallet and Apple Pay, express travel card, select your preferred card, uh, authenticate that with your face ID or touch ID, might be credit card. And then when you're traveling, all you have to do is hold the top of your iPhone or the display of your Apple Watch near the contactless reader and it'll say when it's when it's accepted the transaction, it'll it'll complete. You'll see a tick and done will appear on your device. And if you're using Express Mode with public transport, um, it'll it may open as well. I think if you need to, some of them need to open. And as this is the best part, there's no need to wake or unlock your device or authenticate it with Face ID, Touch ID, or your passcode, or even open the uh, the Apple the wallet app. It just works. Just have your phone there or your Apple Watch there. 
It's supported on iPhone and Apple Watch with Apple Pay. It's compatible with iOS 16.4 and watchOS 9.4 or later. Even if your phone's on a power reserve, uh, that will work on an iPhone X or later. And of course, security and privacy at the very heart of all of this stuff is still pretty safe there. It's all within the secure enclave of your phone. You're not sharing any kind of credit card or bank information uh, that generates a one-time unique dynamic security code. And Apple also does not track your journey, uh, doesn't know where you're going, where you tap on, where you tap off. That's your business, not their business. But Good news is express mode is now there and you can don't even have to unlock your phone. Just hold it near the thing, near the terminal, and away you go. Great if you're running late for work, I say. <laughs> Save, saves you time if you're running late for work. You don't want to get in trouble. Apple Express, you can check that out at techguide.com.au. You're listening to Tech Guide with Stephen Fennick. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Norton. They're the company that can keep you and your family safe online. It's a new year and our digital generation continues to see a rise in cybercrime and data breaches. Don't leave your devices without protection or your personal information open to exposure. It's time to have a plan to keep your devices and personal information protected. Save your time and money should the unthinkable happen and your devices are at risk to cyber threats like malware, ransomware, or viruses, or your personal information being exposed to cyber criminals looking to trade your details on the dark web. Introducing Norton 360 Platinum with device security, a VPN for online privacy, parental controls and identity protection with dedicated restoration support and dark web monitoring. You have a comprehensive plan in place to help ensure your information stays in private. It's peace of mind for your devices and your identity. With Norton 360 Platinum, if you become a victim of identity theft, you'll have access to their dedicated identity restoration specialists to help you address your identity theft claim and help you resolve it. Norton 360 Platinum is available now at Harvey Norman, JB Hi-Fi, or online at au.norton.com. All your tech questions answered. This is the Tech Guide Help Desk. The Tech Guide Help Desk is proudly supported by Belkin, belkin.com forward slash AU. If you're after any kind of accessories, Belkin have a lot of them, you know. They're designed to power your lifestyle, whether you want a wireless charger, whether you want a bedside charger, a three-in-one wireless charger. They even have uh, earphones, wireless earphones, and good ones at that. They've also got uh, USB hubs and various other products to help you connect multiple monitors with your laptop. Very handy company to know, and all these products can be found at belkin.com forward slash AU. I did have a question from a reader concerning staying in a hotel and using their Wi-Fi. I think the concern was how secure is that Wi-Fi? Uh, we've been taught, or I've been talking about it anyway, that free Wi-Fi that doesn't require a password is a bit risky to use if you're like at an airport or in a lounge or somewhere. Uh, someone else could be snooping and... This could also apply if you're staying in a hotel. Normally, a hotel just requires your name and your room number. That's some kind of security. But if you really want to ensure your privacy, especially if you're doing things like banking or looking at sensitive information, then you really need to consider a VPN. And that's short for Virtual Private Network. Now, a virtual private network can help create your own private tunnel into the internet. 
it is a it is a way for you to not have anyone see what you're doing online. It's a very common thing where there's a, there's some snooping can be done on a public Wi-Fi network. So if a, a savvy cyber criminal could be sitting in a cafe on the same network that you are, and they've got software that can look at exactly what you're looking at. So whether you're logging into your bank account or your PayPal account or something sensitive like that, they'll be able to see exactly what you're doing, exactly where you are, and perhaps use that this knowledge, your username and password, to get into your account. So it's very you've got to be very careful. And look, it, it's, a, it's a long shot, but it's possible. And you don't want to risk that, especially in a hotel where that, that scenario exists as well, potentially. So using a VPN is a great idea. Now, where do you get a VPN? A VPN happens to be part of Norton 360. Norton, again, our great sponsor. One of the parts of the Norton 360 package is a VPN that you're able to use on your mobile devices, on your computer, and that will help keep you safe. So uh, definitely something to consider. That is our show for this week. Thank you so much for listening. We're glad you reached the end with us. If you need to find out more about what we've spoken about, you can find it all at techguide.com.au. And please reach out. We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email, info at techguide.com.au, or you can click the Ask Stephen icon and you're able then to send me an email. It'll open up a form and you can fill that out and I will get an email from you in my inbox so I can help you out. And you could even end up on the Tech Guide Help Desk on our next show. We want to give a special shout out to our great sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton. They're the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Please support the great sponsors who have been for so long supporting the Tech Guide podcast. Thank you once again for listening. We'll be back with another show next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected. 